You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Uh, I'm going to go over all of the matchups over two episodes. going to go over the first seven games in this episode and the rest of the six games uh, in tomorrow's episode, on, in, on Friday's episode. So um, there are six extremely fantasy relevant uh, teams on by this week. So we're calling it by Mageddon this week. So, you know, there, there's going to be a bunch of players that you're going to have uh, in a lot of your st- starting lineups that you normally wouldn't start. Um, but that's okay. It's it's the nature of the beast. Um, and this is one of the, you know, the tougher bye weeks that we're going to have this week. And, you know, a lot of the fantasy relevant players, you know, you kind of get it out of the way early. You know, if you got to take the L this week, you got to take the L. It is what it is. But, you know, you try your best to get the W. Um, I wouldn't recommend, you know, dropping legit bench stashes or dropping legit bench players um, to field a team or, you know, to like, you know, because like you got to think about it, right? Are you picking up somebody who's really going to like almost guarantee you a win? Or you, you're getting somebody who like might give you a chance of getting like, you know, 12 points in a PPR league, whereas the guy you would have started in his place might have got you seven or eight, right? So you're dropping like some some upside on your bench for like five or six points for this this particular week. Like, is it really worth it? You know, so that's that's kind of what you got to uh, think about this week. And, you know, try not to go too overboard in terms of picking up players, um, you know, just to kind of give you the best shot at, at you know, scratching and clawing, um, you know, to win this week. If you got to leave, listen, if you got to leave a, be- a spot open in your starting lineup, it is what it is. You know, I don't think fantasy football teams are re- need to be required to field a team every single week, you know, especially this early in the season, because like, you know, it is what it is, like, especially if you have, um, you know, solid bench players that you don't want to drop, right? And uh, I think commissioners should be smart enough to, to realize, you know, when you're doing it on purpose and when you're doing it because of collusion. All right. Anyway, let's move on to the Thursday night game. A lot of, a lot of. Uh, you know, movement uh, because of this game uh, and all the injuries. But uh, let's move. Let's start talking about Broncos and Browns. Uh, the Browns are favored by three points as of this morning. I haven't checked since all the news, uh, but you know, I, I would I would assume that the Broncos might be favored at this point. Uh, Forty-two and a half over under. Now, in this Broncos backfield, nothing has really changed. You know, over the last couple of weeks, Melvin Gordon has the slight edge on Javante in terms of opportunity, but they're eating enough from each other where neither are good starts. However, since we're in by Mageddon, 
which will be a theme of today and tomorrow's show, they probably become low end uh, running back two options uh, because of all the running backs who happen to not play this week. Right. So now, you know, this is a tough matchup, though. The Browns, you know, are only allowing three. 0.68 yards per carry, so I'm definitely in tempering expectations, um, as you should be in any given matchup with these guys. Uh, Cortland Sutton, he's got it done over the last two weeks. He has, He's averaging 100 yards, and he scored a touchdown each of the last two weeks as well. Uh, 11 targets, 14 targets, so, you know, he's a wide receiver too this week. Inconsistency with him is possible, and, you know, he'll likely see a lot of Denzel Ward, but the Browns haven't been shut down by any means when it comes to defending wide receivers. They're, they're a neutral matchup, you know, on the outside, but overall, they've given up the eighth most fantasy points this season. Um, and, and by the way, Sutton is a sell high for me uh, with Judy coming back soon. And I do it now, personally, before this Sunday, because, you know, I think two games, very, very, very solid games, are good enough uh, to sell him high. Um, you can start Tim Patrick as a flex, but he might get elevated to a wide receiver three this week because, again, of all the players missing in the rankings, um, he's either scored a touchdown or got it done uh, with yardage. He hasn't done both yet, you know, because if he does that, he becomes a more viable wide receiver most weeks. But, you know, he's still a good bi-week fill-in. Uh, Noah Fant has been running an elite level of routes with Albert O out. Uh, and he had a 24% target share or higher in two of his last three games. So he's a solid tight end one start in, in any matchup. Um, this isn't the best matchup. The Browns have given up the fourth least receiving yards to tight ends and the ninth least fantasy points. But, you know, there aren't too many viable tight ends. You kind of have to keep them in your lineup. On the other side, the Browns, uh, they're going to be without Kareem Hunt for three weeks, right, starting this week, right? They're going to be without Nick Chubb for Thursday night at least. Right? We don't know how long he's going to be out with his calf injury. Um, he hasn't been placed on IR, so I, I, I guess that's a good sign. Um, but, uh, you know, so if you look at this backfield, Demetric Felton, you know, he has gotten some snaps this season, but he hasn't gotten a carry yet. You know, he's been used as a wide receiver. He hasn't lined up in the backfield either. He actually lined up in the backfield twice this entire season. Um, Darrenis Johnson, on the other hand, he's had 20 snaps on offense, and all of them were in the backfield. So, 5% of Demetrius Felton's uh, snaps were in the backfield, and 100% of Dearness Johnson's snaps were in the backfield. So you tell me who the primary running back is going to be this week. It's going to be Dearness Johnson. The Browns like to run the ball, so I think Johnson has a shot you know, at 20 carries if the game stays close. But now, that's a big if now, right? And we'll get to that. Uh, but Felton, I think he'll get some play, uh, but my guess is that he'll be an extension of the run game, You know, be using the pass game a bit. Um, but I, I wouldn't have any confidence to start him, you know, unless you're super desperate, you want to shoot forward in a PPR league. Um, you know, this obviously isn't the best matchup. The Broncos are allowing, you know, less than four yards per carry, but the Browns, you know, they have a good offensive line and a good run scheme, you know, but they might be down a couple linemen tonight, uh, you know, on Thursday case Keenum, you know, he's going to be starting this week. No Baker Mayfield, right? This offense might take a little bit of a hit. Now, is it, you know, OBJ is going into this game questionable, um, does he get a higher percentage of targets with Case Keenum? Yeah, maybe. Um, but, you know, he was banged up this past week, right? Uh, Jarvis Landry, he also might be activated for this game, but, you know, who knows? Um, he was designated for return last week. Um, so he has a shot to play. You know, he has practice. Um, I would categorize both guys as, like, wide receiver threes. If Landry is out again, you have to upgrade OBJ a bit. Denver has allowed the 11th most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. Um, they are better at defending slot wide receivers. 
Now, if you want to play Donovan Peoples-Jones as a boom-bust flyer, you know, if either of these wide receivers miss this game, you know, sure. I mean, I don't have cojones like that, but you might. And I think either of these defenses can be played this week, you know, especially Denver against Case Keenum. Okay, moving on to the Falcons and the Dolphins. Um, the Falcons are favored by 2.5 points, 47.5 over under. Matt Ryan, he's got it done uh, this year for the most part. You know, he started off very slow, terribly actually, against Philly in week one. Uh, but now, you know, we kind of understand that Philly is a good defense, you know, against the pass. So um, he gets Miami this week, who has allowed the third most passing yards this season. Uh, he's a solid streamer. Uh, you got to get Calvin Ridley back in your lineup after two weeks off. He's back with the team, and he plans on playing this week. Um, I expect Xavier, Xavier Howard's shadow, but I, I wouldn't let that affect whether I have Ridley in my lineup or not because the Dolphins have actually allowed the most fantasy points over the last four weeks, uh, last, last four games, um, and the second most on the perimeter. So he's a great buy low right now. His usage is great. Um, over 30% target share in each of his last two games. Um, Cal Pitts, you know, he took advantage of no really against the Jets, but his usage was actually pretty good before that. So I wouldn't necessarily downgrade him. He literally had the same exact target share in week four and week five, you know, with and without Calvin Ridley. So keep starting him as a solid tight end one. Cordero Patterson's role increased before their buy. He, he ran a bunch of routes at wide receiver with Calvin Ridley missing, but he also saw a big bump in his overall rushing share between him and Mike Davis. Now, if that continues, Patterson getting 50% of the rushing share along with running like, you know, 40% of routes or so, uh, that would be pretty good usage for him moving forward. Uh, he's a PPR RB2 right now and a wide receiver three, depending on how you usually use him. Uh, but he's a, you know, it's a great matchup for both positions, you know, as I've talked about with Ridley. Um, Mike Davis, you know, just like Cordell Patterson, uh, you know, he's a low-end RB2 play this week. I would play Patterson above him, obviously. But uh, Mike Davis would be a flex play most weeks. But the Dolphins have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs, the seventh most rushing yards to running backs, the ninth most receptions to running backs, and the tenth most receiving yards to running backs. So Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson, good plays this week. Now, I hope everyone learned the lesson last week with Miles Gaskin. You know, even after he popped off in week five, it didn't mean that he becomes someone you have to throw in your lineup or you can throw in your lineup. 36% snap share for Gaskin this past week. Do not trust this backfield. Now, would he be, become a lot more interesting if Deshaun Watson gets traded here? Yeah, there are rumors. You know, and the beat reporters are saying that this, they are discussing a deal. And this could get done this week, next week. Um, but, you know, there's there is some confidence that it gets done before the trade deadline. And by the way, Devontae Parker, I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson, he is eligible to play uh, if the team allows him. Now, we don't know if Devontae Parker plays this week, uh, monitor his practices on Thursday and Friday. It would be a good matchup if he does play, though. The Falcons are giving up the eighth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. Um it's not as good of a matchup for Jalen Waddle. He's a PPR wide receiver three play. He scored two touchdowns last week, but he caught 10 balls for 70 yards. He has a game of 12 catches for 58 yards. His average depth of target for the year is extremely low at 5.5 yards, but Tua is targeting him more downfield compared to Jacoby Brissett, um, you know, despite the 10 catches for 70 yards. Now, Mike Gusecki, 20% target share for the year. Um, you know, he's not running more than 75% of routes, uh, but he is being targeted. So I'd start him as a low end tight end one. Uh, he has a neutral matchup against the Falcons. Tua is a solid streamer himself this week, uh, during this by Um, the Falcons have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So he is an option. 
Moving on to the Panthers at the Giants. The Panthers are favored by three points, 43.5 over under. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has been placed on IR. So another Chuba Hubbard game. Uh, this is yet another great matchup for him. The Giants have allowed the second most rushing yards to running backs, only second to the Chargers, and we know how bad the Chargers are. They're, they've also allowed the six most receiving yards to running backs as well. So Chuba, you know, he's a borderline RB1 this week because of all the running backs on by. DJ Moore, he's a wide receiver one any given week. Um, you know, he had a 35% target share last week. He's now sitting at a 30% target share for the year. Um, I, I would expect a shadow from James Bradbury. Um, but, you know, I'm not affecting what I do with more this week, you know, especially because the Giants have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this season and 11th most points overall. Now, that, I mean, that does make Robbie Anderson a bit intriguing this week, right? Um, you know, will this finally be his blow-up week? It's a great matchup. And, you know, while Anderson hasn't produced on the volume he's seen lately, and that's 29%, 21%, and then 28% target share over the last three weeks, that's some legit volume right there. Um, and if that continues, a blow-up game is going to happen. Um, now, all that makes Sam Darnold a streamer as well, you know, given the matchup. Um, but keep in mind that this game only has an over-under of 43 points. Now, on the other side, Daniel Jones, you know, similar tier with Darnold uh, when it comes to, like, fantasy fantasy rankings. Um, I think Jones does have higher upside, but Darnold has the better matchup. Now, Kenny Galladay might not play this week with his knee injury. Kadarius Tony's also banged up and might have re-aggravated his ankle ankle injury last week. But um, these guys might be out. So Sterling Shepard, you know, is looking like a pretty good play. Uh, he kind of picked up where he left off. Another 30% target share for him this past week. It's not the best matchup, but I think Jones is going to lock in on him. Uh, he's a wide receiver to start this week if Galladay and Tony miss. And if only one of them misses, then he's a wide receiver, you know, low and wide receiver to high and wide receiver three play, but he's still a very solid start. Uh, Devontae uh, Booker saw 80% of running back touches last week, so he's a solid RB2 this week given all the running backs on by. The matchup sucks, but the opportunity will likely be there as long as the Giants can keep it close. Vegas does think this is going to be a close game. Uh, he was pretty much a three down back with Saquon out, so that itself means something. I'm also cool playing the Panthers defense as well with the Giants shorthanded uh, if you need a defense this week. Um, okay, move on. moving on to the Bengals at the Ravens. Uh, the Bengals are, no, I'm sorry, the Ravens are favored by six points, 47.5 over under. Joe Burrow, borderline QB1 this week, uh, you know, given all the buys. Um, they have been slightly more pass heavy, the Bengals, over the past couple of weeks, which is what you want to see. They were super slow and run heavy earlier in the year, and hopefully that continues to change. Um, at least, you know, being more pass heavy, right? He has his weapons back, so he can do this, he can do, um, you know, what he needs to do this week to be fantasy relevant. Plus, the Ravens have given the given up the six most passing yards this year. Um, you know, it's a high enough total for me, 47 points, you know, to be okay with Burrow this week. Jamar Chase runs most of his routes on the perimeter, and Baltimore has been solid on the perimeter, especially on Marlon Humphrey's, Marlon Humphrey's side. But Chase does run most of his perimeter routes on the left side, and that's where they've been the most vulnerable, giving up the 11th most uh, fantasy points two wide receivers running routes on the left side. So he should still be in lineups as a wide receiver too. T. Higgins runs most of his perimeter routes against Humphrey on his side, uh, but I'm not sitting him. He's still a low and wide receiver too this week, and he does run enough routes away from Humphrey that, you know, I'm not too worried, and he'll get some advantageous matchups. Now, Tyler Boyd, um, he seems to be the odd man out here. You know, the Ravens, you know, were killed in the slot earlier in the year. 
Um, but over the last four games, they've actually been very solid against slot wide receivers, allowing the fifth least fantasy points to them over the last four games. Um, also, you know, Boyd hasn't finished as a top 30 wide receiver in any game he's played with Higgins and Chase. And he's actually finished outside the top 60 wide receivers in three of those four games. That's not good. So, And it took Jamar Chase's target share to drop down to 14% in week two for Boyd to you know, even have a solid share in that game. He was at 15% in week one while Chase was at 27%. And then over the last two weeks with Higgins back, Boyd was at 14% and 7% target share. You know, so it's going to take one of these wide receivers to take a hit on targets for Boyd to be able to come through. And I'm, and I'm not sure I'm willing to bet on Chase or Higgins to take that hit that often. Higgins' target share was at 20% in each of the last two games. And I think that number goes up rather than down, you know, as he integrates himself back into the offense. So as of right now, Boyd is a PPR flex and he'll need this offense to run more plays and passing plays at that for him and the other three wide receivers to come through more consistently. Um, Joe Mixon is an RB1 start this week. He was the workhorse until uh, the game got out of hand last week. The Ravens have given up the 10th most fantasy points to running backs this season, but it's mostly because of touchdowns. Um, but, you know, they're still solid in terms of defending running backs on a per-carry basis. But either way, Mixon should be in lineups. Lamar Jackson, obviously in as a high-end QB1. As far as his backfield, Latavius Murray's hurt. My guess is that he won't play this week with that ankle injury. Le'Veon Bell is not on the practice squad anymore. He's part of the 53-man roster now. Devontae Freeman looked the best between the two guys after Murray got hurt. So, you know, I'm guessing that Freeman leads this backfield this week. I'm assuming Tyson Williams gets activated for this game. I'm just avoiding this backfield. It could be a three-headed, ugly monster this week. Um, If you're desperate, I'd pick up and start Freeman of the three, even though I think Tyson Williams is the best running back on this roster. Um, But that's just me. Hollywood Brown dropped another touchdown last week. His day would have been great. I'm not benching Hollywood. Um, I'm treating him like a high-end wide receiver, too. He runs most of his perimeter routes on the right side, uh, and the Bengals have been a little vulnerable there. They've given up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers on that side this year. Uh, But, you know, he's been a little bit of a a matchup-proof player. Uh, Sammy Watkins didn't practice on Wednesday. Not sure that means much. But monitor his status the rest of the week in case you're considering starting Rashad Bateman. Either way, the hope is that Bateman becomes second on the totem pole in targets uh, behind Hollywood, behind Mark Andrews. Uh, I'm just not sure I want him in my lineup just yet, but he's an exciting bench stash, uh, especially you know given the fact that the Ravens are passing the ball more. Now, Mark Andrews has been the overall tight end one over the last several weeks. Um, I hope you bought early if you didn't draft them. Because we did talk about what his usage looked like this year and the fact that he was running more routes than he ever has in his entire career. So I hope that worked out for you. Okay, moving on to the Chiefs at the Titans. The Chiefs are favored by 5.5 points. This is a 57-point over-under high-scoring game here, according to Vegas. Uh, But the Chiefs side, you know, that's easy. You're starting Mahomes, you're starting Kelsey, you're starting Tyreek Hill, even if he's banged up. As long as he's active, he's in your lineup. The Titans have been very solid against tight ends this year so temper expectations on Kelsey but don't be surprised you know if it doesn't matter <laughs> right because because Kelsey's a baller and Mahomes is a baller and they can get it done no matter what um but Tyreek Hill's matchup is great um so you know hopefully he, he'll be uh healthy enough to take advantage uh Darryl Williams you know also an RB1 this week 72 percent percent of snaps last week got almost every carry at running back 
ran a route on more than 50% of Mahomes' dropbacks. That's legit usage with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out. Um, he's also the clear goal line back as well. So, you know, too bad Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can't have usage like that. <laughs> uh, Ryan Tannehill gets a bit of an upgrade because of the matchup. It's possible Derrick Henry runs all over the Chiefs early. And this game ends up staying close. And then it's possible that the Chiefs go up early on the Titans. Right? That's another possibility. Right? Um, you know, where the Titans have to get a little bit more pass heavy in the fourth quarter. This is a very high total set at 57. The Titans did just beat the Bills. And now they have to see the other heavyweight in the AFC. Uh, Tannehill's a borderline QB1 because of the matchup. Now, A.J. Brown finally showed some signs of life this past week. It all happened in the second half. Uh, Julio Jones seemed to possibly re-aggravate his hamstring injury that kept him out two games. So it's possible that A.J. Brown gets a bunch of volume this week. At least that's the hope, right? Keep him in your lineup as a wide receiver, too. The Chiefs are allowing the six most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. And that's where A.J. runs about 60% of his routes from. So it could be a good day for him. And there's still time to buy low, by the way. Oh, yeah, and, and, and start Derrick Henry. All right, the Jets at the Patriots. Uh, Patriots are favored by seven points, 42.5 over under. Corey Davis seems to be the most consistent Jets wide receiver right now. Last week was the first time we saw all three wide receivers in action, him, Jameson Crowder, and Elijah Moore. And it was Davis who saw 24% of targets. Crowder saw 21% of targets. And then Elijah Moore actually shared time with Keelan Cole in his first game back from the concussion. So they, they just had their bye week, uh, and we'll see if Moore gets that full-time roll back. But Corey Davis is a low-end wide receiver three right now. Crowder can be a PPR flex. The Patriots have been a neutral matchup for the most part when it comes to wide receivers, um, but they've they've been giving up some production over the last four weeks, actually. Um, they've actually given up the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers um, lately, so that's not too bad. Um, but Zach Wilson, you know, he didn't play well against them the last time around, and I'm not sure he does this time around either. So, advantage Patriots. Um, I wouldn't start Michael Carter just yet. His role was growing before the bye. He either needs his role to grow a bit more, or the Jets' offense needs to take a step forward. But for now, he's still like kind of on the cusp of being a starter for fantasy. Now, Jacoby Myers has a good shot at bouncing back this week. He had a couple of tough matchups, but this week he has a good one. The Jets are giving up the ninth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers um, over the last four games. He has a 25% target share on the season, and I think he gets targeted a bunch this week. He's a PPR wide receiver three um, for me this week, and I think he finally scores a touchdown. He almost did last week. Well, he did score a touchdown last week, but it was negated because of penalty. Now, Hunter Henry's routes have increased each of the last two weeks, but his target share needs to come up just a bit for him to be trusted. He has seen all the end zone targets over the last two weeks, so it seems like that's who Mac Jones is locking on uh, lock, locking onto when he gets there. Uh, Damian Harris, you know, probably wasn't as banged up as we thought he was last week. He almost had a 20-carry game, but he did go over 100 yards and score. Uh, this is a solid matchup for him. Uh, the Jets are allowing the most fantasy points to running backs, uh, and game script will favor him. The Jets allowing... Uh, that many fantasy points to running backs is primarily because of game script and the fact that they've been down uh, in almost every game. Now, keep in mind, Ramondre Stevenson is kind of like eaten into that workload, you know, at least as of last week. Maybe it was because Damian Harris, you know, was a little banged up, but, you know, just, just monitor that a little bit. Hopefully this, this doesn't turn into like a three-man backfield like it was, you know, with Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, and James White. Hopefully that's not the case. 
All right, Washington football team uh, at the Packers. Uh, the Packers are favored by 9.5 points, 49 point over under. Um, I doubt Antonio Gibson plays this week. He left the game last week uh, with, and got an MRI. We still don't know the results of that. I guess if it was serious, we would have found out, maybe. Um, I still wouldn't trust him, honestly. I think J.D. McKissick will have a good uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a good day. I think he's a good play this week, especially if, you know, Antonio Gibson does miss. But if he doesn't miss, I still rank McKissick as a RB2 play, especially in PPR leagues, because I believe Gibson would be limited with the stress uh, stress fact- fracture he has in his shin. Uh, but this is an overall neutral matchup for running backs. Terry McLaurin is a wide receiver one start this week. I get that he can be frustrating, but his QB situation, you know, you know, is a blessing and a curse right now, you know, at times, um, you know, because of the style of play that he has right now with Taylor Heineke. You know, he's a little bit of a gunslinger, but it could, you know, kind of bite him in the ass a little bit as well. Uh, but he still has a 30% target share on the season. Uh, the Packers don't have Jairi Alexander. You know, not that you sit him because of that anyway, but it's a neutral matchup overall. So, you know, advantage goes to McLaurin every time. Uh, continue to start Ricky Seals-Jones with Logan Thomas out. This is a neutral matchup for him, but he ran on uh, ran a route on 93% of dropbacks last week. That's elite, and he'll continue to do that, and he'll likely end up with some end zone looks as well. He's not getting a huge target share, but he's getting enough targets to get it done. Uh, the Packers are a run-first team. Um, so Aaron Rodgers has to be pretty efficient in order for him to return some fantasy value for you. He's still a QB1, um, but that's only because he's just good, right? Uh, Devonta Adams gets all the targets in this offense. He's in, obviously. Aaron Jones is the workhorse when games are close, but there is a possibility that A.J. Dillon milks some of this game away in the fourth quarter if it comes to that. This is a 49-point over-under and the Packers are favored by almost 10 points at home, so it is very possible that that happens. Uh, so Dylan is an upside flex play this week, um, especially with, given all the buys, and Jones uh, is a high-end RB1. So that's the first seven games. Uh, so there's 13 games total. I'm going to come at you with six more matchups tomorrow in tomorrow's episode, so stay tuned for that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I really appreciate you guys tuning in every week for the podcast. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy. Um, I, I, you know, I give a lot of updates on my stories, so you know if there's something you need updated on, and you know I couldn't get to it, you know, on the podcast. I usually hear it on my story uh, on Instagram, so make sure you follow me there. Uh, but until tomorrow, I hope you guys have a good one. Take it easy, um, and I'll see you guys later.